Paul Steinhauser, nationally for Fox News and, of course, our show. Good morning, New Hampshire. This is Donald Trump's sort of a hat trick. Third Republican New Hampshire primary victory. Some would argue Republican primaries here are more the party of Trump than they are of Sununu. And Joe Biden wins, ironically, a New Hampshire primary, and he's not even on the ballot. I think that's the first time Biden has done well in New Hampshire, Paul, and he's not even on the ballot. But anyway, good morning, Paul. It was it was a, you know, a primary you couldn't make up, Jack. It's stranger than fiction, right? I mean, what a campaign. Uh, but listen, it moves on now. Nikki Haley tonight, Charleston, South Carolina, uh, the first of a number of rallies. South Carolina, the next major state to hold a contest in the Republican nominating calendar, but the primary is not till February 24th. So we got about a month to, we got a month to go, Jack. Also new ads this morning in South Carolina from the Haley campaign. So for now, at least she lives to fight another day. That's pretty clear. Trump had the big victory, what, 12 points, uh, but not as big as the polls. Most of the polls going into last night suggested a, a larger margin. Donald Trump had a, a perfect opportunity last night uh, to be magnanimous to coalesce the party to thank Nikki Haley would say it's time to unite around me. Unfortunately, he passed on that opportunity. You saw the speech last night. Uh, it was pretty mean. It was pretty tough at Nikki Haley and on our own governor, uh, Governor Sununu. Well, we'll see. I, you know, the big winner really seems to be Joe Biden, right? As you said, Jack, New Hampshire Democrats were so mad at him for taking our first in the nation status away. He wasn't even on the ballot. But he ended up winning 60% of the vote on the Democratic contest. So, yeah, yeah. stranger than fiction. Stranger. Got, uh, Joe Biden's got a lot of energy. It's amazing. Just like a yoga instructor of politics. All right, Paul, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, I love it. Love to hear it, Jack. Um, you know, uh, Trump is obviously trying to drive Nikki Haley out of this race as soon as possible. She's going to do it on her own time. I don't think she's going to stay in it as long as she thinks, because I'm looking at South Carolina. She's not really all in Nevada. I just think she doesn't want to lose her own home state. And Trump seems to be in better position among Republican primary voters or as good as he was in New Hampshire. He's got Tim Scott. He's got the sort of the the powers to be uphill fight for Nikki Haley. I'm not sure. But we're going to bring in a couple experts. Brad Card, Card of course, uh, as he flies out today. But he's with us last night and this morning. Just rolled out of bed to see if the Bruins won. They play tonight, Brad, against uh, Carolina. And, of course, Matthew Bartlett of uh, Darby Field Advisors. Brad has his own firm, Cardin Associates. Matthew Bartlett, I've been watching you in New Hampshire on CNN this morning and other networks. You look pretty good. But let me start with uh, with you, Brad. Um, does Nikki Haley stay in this thing long term? You know, Jack, you put your name on a ballot once, and, it, and, and you get very vested in these races. And Nikki Haley's got her heart and soul in this campaign, and she's poured everything into it. It's a tough decision to make, right? So what I had said last night, and I stand by that, I think she needs to go back and do some serious soul-searching. Does she have a path to victory in South Carolina, an honest path to victory? If she does, she should stay in the race and pursue it. If she doesn't, she should probably get out. I don't want to see her hurt her long-term political chances, and a loss in her home state where she served as a successful governor would be a, would be a setback for her. Matthew. Yeah, listen, first off, um, was happy to do CNN. I guess Jack Heath was not available. Um, but what Brock, Brad Carger said is correct. It's a very personal decision about dropping out of the race. Uh, but the reality is this race is over, um, and maybe it, w- it never even started. Running against the former president uh, may have been a fool's errand. It does not look as if anybody in this race could have beat him, even if they ran a better campaign, even people that didn't run this race. Republican Party does not want to turn the page from Trump. And then beyond that, I think it was a complete 
uh, disservice to Nikki Haley to have the last month talk about independent voters, independent voters, independent voters. That was poisonous to the base. The base hates a media darling. The base hates anybody yeah, being, you know, the notion of an independent uh, candidate. Um, and you saw that happen with Republican voters here in New Hampshire. And then moving forward, um, you know, they, they tried to make her John McCain of 2000. Guess what? John McCain in 2000 lost. Um, so uh, kind of a head scratcher towards the end there. Um, Brad, but, uh, good point. Brad, the what, make. Brad, what do you what, that's interesting. But Brad, you, what, go ahead and respond. Yes. Well, it's, well, first of all, a lot of those independent voters in, in, in New Hampshire are transplants from Massachusetts, where they're fiscally conservative and they're socially tolerant. They don't necessarily fully uh, relate to the Republican Party. They're not necessarily uh, pro-life, um, and, and abortion is a big issue for them. But I think that they're Republicans. I do believe that they're Republican-leaning, and, and I think that those independents are the ones that, that she was trying to come after. So, I, Brad, you're 100 percent correct. But the notion that we've had for the past month now was that Nikki Haley was this independent candidate in New Hampshire. And nationally speaking, that doomed her with Republican uh, voters, which she desperately needed. Well, what so she comical, needed to do both, which is difficult. The comical point in that, uh, Matt, is that she is a real, serious, long-term conservative. She was a, quote-unquote, Tea Party <laughs> to call her a liberal or to call her a squish or a rhino oh. is laughable to me. Correct. Correct. Let's remember, she was, you, you know, know, South Carolina. That is that is about as, yeah. as conservative as you can get. Um, and what was Donald Trump doing sitting in Manhattan cutting checks to Democrats in those years? Yeah. And so yeah, total, another total by the way, by the way, by the way, uh, do you two catch the RNC now saying they doesn't see uh, Nikki Haley as a nominee? Yeah, which is which is crazy. I mean, you know, let the process play out. I think Ronna McDaniel's is dead wrong. I think that she needs to be quiet and do her job as the RNC chair and not not in get, inject. She is just petrified of Donald Trump. We have a massive fear about Donald Trump. As I said earlier, I have good friends, members of Congress who I do hold in high regard. But I'll tell you, their profile and courage is lacking when they go out and endorse Donald Trump privately. They're telling me they don't like him. And, it, and I'm not talking one or two members. I'm talking several members. So th this is something that people yeah. are endorsing him because they're afraid I of him. I wonder, Donald Trump can rewrite history. He said he won the New Hampshire election. He didn't. <laughs> he didn't win against Hillary Clinton, and he didn't win against <laughs> Joe Biden. I suppose it seems the national media wants it to be a Biden-Trump race no matter what. Somebody saw this one. I, I just heard during the break at the top of the hour before both of you, Matthew Bartlett, Brad Card, and Brad, thanks for the time yesterday and last night. You're the best. Um, Kind of the Hall of Famer, as, uh, as Buck would say. But um, this morning, the spin the national media has is, is Trump, okay, he's, he's going to win the nomination, it looks like. He's the Republican nominee. And, Brad, you said this, Sinun, Governor Sununu says this, Nikki Haley's. Can he win a general election? Because a lot of independents and moderate Republicans, they don't like Donald Trump. But when you look at the choice, isn't it premature? Because you may not like Donald Trump. But if Joe Biden's the choice, and we still have a crisis at the border, we still have things going on in this country, and Biden's just getting so older, if you will, in optics. Do you, and, and you look at the energy picture, the cost of electricity. <clears throat> do you just vote with your pocketbook, even if you don't like Trump? Are they discounting that pocketbook wallet factor or not? Well, the economy's gotten a little bit better. Gas prices have come down a little bit. And I think that there's a long way to go. And there's no doubt inflation is bad. But the answer is, can Donald Trump win the general election? The answer is absolutely yes, he can. 
in part because we have Robert Kennedy as a third-party candidate and Cornell West. They're going to draw, I'm going to guess, somewhere around collectively 8 or 9%, maybe a little bit more than that, of the vote. That's more than enough to change the election. And we saw that with Ross Perot. Um, and, 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 and Plus you have the Green Party, party right? The Green Party. With, don't forget, and they're not head-to-head races. So every other candidate running, for the most part, is going to be drawing um, votes from Joe Biden, in my opinion, because they're Democrats, they're liberal, um, they have long histories with the Democrat Party. Okay. So I think that that's well, the reality. I, you know, go ahead quickly. Rob, go ahead. Robert Kennedy could be a bit of a wild card. He was propped up by the right. No Democrat was in love with him. It was those on Tucker Carlson, Alex Jones, or Steve Bannon. So he could not, you know, I think Trump propped him up for a while, then he went third party. Now they're trying to dismantle him. Brad's right that his name ID uh, tends to lean Democrat. All is unclear. But, you know, there are people in this country that are saying the same thing. You may not like Joe Biden. You may have some frustrations with some of the policies. But are you really going to vote for Donald Trump, a guy who tried to destroy our democracy, a madman, a guy who wants to, you know, eliminate a women's right? There's going to be compelling arguments on both. But you know, the answer is obviously yes. The answer is, like, to, much to my chagrin, and Jack and I had a good little, you know, three-round fight over this last night, uh, I will say the, the answer, much to my chagrin, is yes. The People just don't care. They don't care that he's indicted 90 times. They don't well, care that he was found guilty of sexual abuse. Don't care. They don't care. Yeah. It drives me Republican crazy, but the fact that voters. they don't care. All right, listen, I mean, mid- gotta... midterm voters tend to, you know, look at the midterm. We were supposed to crush it and, uh, you know, ask Senator Bolduck, ask Congresswoman Caroline Levitt how that went down. You know what I mean? Like, yes, Republican Party voters don't care, but it seems as if, you know, but a majority the third party of the candidate does influence care. the presidential election. The third party will play in this, yeah. and it's going to hurt. I think it's going to hurt Joe Biden. And, and then, like, the, the big question, Jack, you asked President Trump this yesterday. Is, do you expect him, uh, Joe Biden to get out? Is there a chance that he could get out and somebody else? And he said yes. And I don't necessarily disagree. I still don't think it's going to be too late. And I think that there's a big shakeup now. Uh, his deputy chief of staff is leaving the White House and going hey, over Brad, to take it's over a, it's, the campaign. I know you're going to catch a fight. It's a 60,000-foot question. If something like that happened, who steps in real quick? Good question. Gretchen Whitmer jumps in my mind. I don't think it's going to be Gavin Newsom because I think he's going to be too polarizing. Okay. But I think a Gretchen Whitmer, maybe even a Gina Romano. All right, Brad, thanks. Matthew Barlow, Like it or not, it'll so be much. Kamala Harris. Oh, there you go. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Brad. Yeah. I think we have the Aaron Real. Do we have the uh, Dr. Vic? Do we have the fan club going for Aaron yet here? I love Aaron. We had, She's always we, great. We had Trump on yesterday for 15 minutes. Nikki, do we have the Aaron Real club going yet? I'll join. <laughs> I'm going to join. By the way, you know why you know why you know Aaron's in it for Aaron? Not one text yesterday. Hey Jack, as a colleague, you must be really swamp. Good luck thinking of you. Hope you make it through the day. Not one thing from her. All she cares about I don't is news. You. All she cares about is news. Take it away, Aaron. Jack, you work too hard for my nonsense. No brown nosing here. We know you're the best. Anywho. Take what we're away. talking about today is Trump. You spoke to yesterday. I don't know if you mentioned this, but uh, we're looking at it, the 10% tariff that he wants to put on all imported goods. This is a plan of his. Um, and according to the Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, she said earlier this month this would raise the cost of a wide variety of goods for both businesses and consumers here. But she also said that tariffs are absolutely appropriate in some cases, but what most think tanks, policy analysts, and data crunchers say is that this is effectively going to raise the tax on U.S. consumers by about $300 billion a year, 
and hurt our GDP by about $62 billion and, for sure, trigger retaliatory tax increases from international trade partners. So while it does sound good while stumping, it's a difficult one to implement without serious repercussions. All right, Aaron. Seriously, I hope you uh, have a good uh, good Wednesday. I, f- I forgot the day because I think we went to bed about eight hours ago. Thank you, Aaron. Aw, <laughs> yeah, take care. Good morning, New Hampshire, powered by Sig Sauer. Now, back to Jack Heath on the Pulse of New Hampshire. All right, Dr. Vic, always fun to have you in your studio. You're out, you're doing some book events today. This new yep. book. I always love it because I know what it takes to <laughs> get it done and crank it out. It's a lot of work. Uh, so good stuff with, uh, from St. Anselm last night. So I, well, I meant to, but it just happened quicker than I thought. I was hoping to get Lucas on last night to get his take, but I think I called the thing at, what, 8.05, 8.06? Yeah, it was time. early. It was early. Um, but here's here's Lucas Meyer, straight to the dome, one of the top, top uh, Democrat strategists and analysts, uh, and he'll uh, give some take. I want to get his take on both the Republican primary last night, the outcome, but also, this is interesting, Lucas. I just have to do this to get you going because I'm tired. Uh, so, Lucas, thanks <laughs> for being with us. My pleasure, Jack. So one of the headlines is, Donald Trump wins his third Republican New Hampshire primary. Joe Biden wins the Democrat primary on a write-in, and he wasn't even on the ballot. And I think, memory, correct me, it's the first primary he's ever won here. He's run about three times. He wins, and he's not even on the ballot as a write-in. Big win for Joe Biden. He wasn't even running here. So I just had to throw that in there, Lucas. No, no, it's certainly there. I don't know if it's funny, ironic, who knows what it is, but it certainly is interesting from a political science perspective that, you know, those prime, he didn't make it to the primary, I think, in his early, his late 80s and early 90s run, um, and then obviously didn't win it in 20, and then, you know, he gets more votes than Barack Obama got in 2012 when he was on the, when Barack Obama was on the ballot as an incumbent president. Joe Biden got more votes on a write-in campaign in New Hampshire um, and you mirror that with the Republican result where, you know, Nikki Haley wasn't able to build a John McCain coalition uh, to, to, to be the maverick, to be the upset kid in New Hampshire, um, and Donald Trump cruises. I mean, I, I thought it'd be at least 815 before they called it. I didn't have, like, 805 on my bingo board. Um, yeah. But I don't – I mean, if I'm a Republican – nationwide and certainly in new hampshire i mean you look at the exit polling i think it was like 35 percent of republicans aren't going to support uh donald trump if he's the nominee in the fall obviously a lot of time between now and then but you marry that with the anathema that independent voters feel for donald trump in this state uh and you add in an open governor's seat Things are not looking great for a broad coalition of Republican and independent voters to, to bring any success to a Republican candidate in the state. Um, and you marry that with, you know, the pretty impressive turnout amongst Democrats for a write-in campaign for an incumbent president. I mean, I think there are a lot of, you know, folks and Democrats in the state who are pretty uh, excited uh, about the prospects coming up in the fall. So definitely... Um, a lot of interesting takeaways from last night. Yeah, so Lucas, this is Vikram um, here. I'm sort of curious what you made of Congressman Phillips uh, and and sort of his endeavor, right? I mean, he was recently in this whole race. I mean, what, a month, a little over a month, two months, something like that? Yeah, um, yeah he spent like $5 ma- million dollars too. Yeah, no, I was listening to a lot per vote, so to say. But look, any business person will tell you, you invest up front and then the cost per 
in, you know, for name ID, etc., will plunge rapidly as you gain momentum and scale. Um, what do you make of him? Uh, you know, he spent a lot of money. He got pretty. I mean, I, 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 he sounds happy with twenty percent in the state. Uh, probably a little bit more than I was expecting, to be honest. But I mean, this is the beauty of a democracy. Like, I, I've never been someone who says he shouldn't be running. Mm-hmm. He just hasn't convinced me of the efficacy of his run. What is what is he bringing to this conversation that isn't already here? He doesn't seem to have many you know, policy substantive points different from the president. So his argument is basically, you know, he's old, vote for me, which is not going to be persuasive for Democrats in the state. I don't know how much runway he has on this. I don't know what his actual aspirations are. Um, but having been around him and, you know, listening to some of this stuff, this doesn't resonate with folks. I think when you spend $5 million in a Democratic primary in New Hampshire against the write-in effort, you know, I think 20% feels right for $5 million. Probably, I don't know how that matches up to DeSantis's ROI in Iowa, um, probably less. Um, but... You know, I think he's entitled to do whatever the heck he wants. I also think he's in, he said he's, he's going to have to bear the consequences within the party after this, which, you know, maybe he doesn't have any aspirations. But if I were him, I probably would have held it down in Congress and enjoyed my gelato empire um, and not stepped into this. Yeah, but what if he's – look, I heard him this morning on – I forget what station, but, um, you know, he was very clearly – he's like, look, I want a Democrat to win – and Biden's not popular. People don't want Biden. They're worried about his age, etc. And so he wants to. It sounds like he he sounded at least what I heard very genuine. Like we need an alternative. We need a plan B, and maybe plan B is better than plan A. And so well, I don't want to answer this, to Lucas. Lucas, come after me on this. But the problem is, and the Republicans, Nikki Haley founded here, Chris Christie, Ramaswamy, DeSantis. It's hard in a primary to essentially defeat. The incumbent president, that was Trump. It's hard for a Democrat, even if you think he's too old, not the future, to defeat the incumbent Democrat who's the sitting president. But, Lucas, take it away. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, like he can, he's entitled to stay in the race as long as he's able, which is going to be predicated on how much money he has to keep an operation flowing. Um, but, again, I just don't see his trajectory. Um, and if, you know, I think the, the party has coalesced around, you know, our incumbent president who has done a lot of really important things for hardworking Grand Estaters in his first term. Um, and I think if, you know, again, Dean Phillips can go out and campaign however he sees fit, I just don't see his end point. And I do think, I don't think he has any insidious agenda here. I think he is yeah. genuinely trying to do right. what he sees as right. I don't think many other people see what he sees. No. We throw this one at both of you. Uh, Vikram and uh, Lucas Meyer. He'll tell you how you can contact him. We have some time, Lucas, so let's uh, slow it down. One of the um, you'd be proud of me, Lucas. I I was on CNN like four days in a row talking about our <laughs> primary. Um, great producers, very nice people, by the way. And I know a lot of people are like, "Why are you on CNN?" And I did you know some of the other stuff too, and Carson Show and Fox. I mean, I just you know I, I did a few when I wanted to, but it's nice to be asked as someone smarter than me once said. But here's the point. You know what the the executive producers like Anderson Cooper and someone would ask me when you have those 10 minutes before, Lucas? What's that? They didn't say, is Lucas Meyer going to run for governor? This is what they, <laughs> this is what they asked me. This is no serious, and it shows you a mindset. And I didn't argue with them. I just listened. They said, 
Jack, what is it? What is what is the attraction for Trump in New Hampshire? What? Why do so many people vote for him? Why do why do so many people like him? And I listened, and I and they said, is it because you know of this or that? I said, no, I think you're missing the point. And they were almost insinuating that all Trump voters are idiots, and they were nice. I'm not, I was I was being very honest. I said, I think you're missing something. I think to a lot of voters on the Republican side, they are so fed up. And they think Washington is so broken and such a mess. They don't care if chaos follows Trump. They see chaos. They're saying, I'd rather have him go down there and clean it up or mess it up even more because I've given up on it. I, and I go, it's an anti-Washington. And I said to one of the young guys, David, I said, David, you remember, I forget his name, his last name, J.R. was Anthony. The guy who sang that song, Rich Men North of Richmond. Mm-hmm. And that thing. Oliver Anthony music. Was it? J.R. what? Oliver Anthony yeah, music. Yeah, that thing didn't just become... A country music hit. It took, domi- ta- it took Taylor Swift off the top spot in the pop charts yeah, for two cause weeks. Because he, he hit a nerve, right or wrong. You may think it was crazy, but I noticed people on The View and others saying, oh, he looks like an idiot. He's being backed by some pack. He didn't just come up with this song. That's what they said in the beginning. And then eventually everyone's quiet and they don't like it because it was an anti-Washington song. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's what the Trump appeal is. And they go, oh, okay. I'm just saying, that's what... They, yeah. they didn't really, they're asking me, why, why do people vote for Trump here with all the stuff going on? And I go, every time he's indicted, it helps him with his base. Mm-hmm. Well, and we, and we forget sometimes in those earlier Trump days, he was, he had, I mean, the, this, and this is why I think he pulled a lot of Obama, you know, there were these, these Obama-Trump voters. And I think he tapped into a lot of economic dissatisfaction. I mean, he was, I, I feel like I have memories of him on the stump talking about, you know, of course, they're ultra rich want me to get elected because, like, I'll like they'll get a tax handout or like, of course, these, these people are playing around the rules. Like, I know. I, and I know that because I've done it. And that's ridiculous. He, he had a like pretty not antithesis, but he had a pretty inverse argument around the economy when he first started. And he comes back around to that every once in a while. But I do agree that he, he represents, you know. <laughs> it's so weird to say he's like an outsider because he's not anymore. But I do think since he hasn't been in office for a while and we've gone out of the cadence from a news cycle and just general public awareness that it's out of people's brain. And I still think they go, the average voter might look back towards some of that. I do think the future of that conversation is going to shift dramatically in part because the Republican like, I thought Nikki Haley's attacks ramped up pretty substantially over the past week, and especially last night in her uh, concession, or, I mean, it was a concession, but also a victory speech, which is just, like, all over the place. But there hasn't really been a concerted message against Trump, and that is going to shift in the general. And I think when you see the exit polls and you see what kind of coalition – Trump is up against, that spells a very different political calculus for Trump over the next, what is it, eight months. Um, so I do think, you know, you can look back, but the, I think the future for that campaign and that conversation in this country is going to be markedly different. Um, and then you're also going to marry in all of these, you know, former Republican cabinet officials who probably are going to speak negatively yeah. of the president. I mean, look at our own governor. Yeah. Chris Sununu has been belting out anti-Trump quotes regularly. And what is Kelly Ayotte going to do in this open governor's race? She's dancing around who she voted for in the primary. 
Like yep. this is this is going to come home to roost, and these political dynamics are going to be very, very difficult for Republicans down yeah. ballot in the state. Well, it's interesting, Lucas. I mean, you're you're suggesting that these, you know, I think you said there's not been a concerted effort against the president against President Trump. There has been. I mean, look, Governor Christie was out there, focused very seriously on this particular, you know, attack line. Uh, you're right, Nikki Haley ramped it up recently. Uh, Governor Sununu has. It just doesn't stick. Well, it doesn't, I mean... Right? I mean, that's part of what part of the dynamic here. Yeah, and and, and think... the president's been very successful at turning, almost in this weird judo-zen strategy, to turn things that, you know, objectively are probably negatives and turn them into positives, right? He's being indicted with 90-some-odd indictments underway, and now he's a victim. He's taken the bullets for you, the people. And that, and that certainly plays to his base, but I think the exit, like the, the polling coming out of both Iowa and New Hampshire shows that that is having an impact. That, that, especially the legal concerns, and if he's convicted, that that is a massive problem for that campaign um, and for our country just generally. Um, but even Christianity, he'll say, you know, Donald Trump said he's going to be a dictator. Can you believe he's saying this out loud? This is horrible. This is reprehensible. This is you know, against our democracy, and then he's asked, are you going to vote for him? And he says, yeah. I mean, that isn't really putting your principles first and showing Republicans or creating a permission structure for Republicans to support someone else. Uh, because if at the end of the day they're hearing, well, Chris and is still going to vote for him, so how bad can he be? But I don't think that is really the principled method. I, do, I agree that Chris Christie was the only one doing it. But which is why, you know, I think more Democrats support Chris Christie than Republicans in public right. polling. Yep. Um, but, you know, the president's campaign, uh, there's going to be a bipartisan coalition of folks. We saw this a little bit in 2016 or was it 2020. Right. Gordon Humphrey came out in support of Clinton. The other more establishment, old guard, Romney Republicans. Good, good memory, Lu- good memory, Lucas. Hey, Lucas. Hey, Lucas. We have to run, but uh, if uh, people want the best way to contact you, Lucas S. Meyer on Twitter or CatalystAdvocacy.com. Hey, Lucas. Before I let you go, if you keep doing this on my show so well, you're going to appeal to a lot of those independents, and 2028's coming. You know, Meyer, 2028. You never know. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Jack Heath Democrat. All right, see you, buddy. Have a good. Uh, <laughs> hey, by the way, real quick, give me your uh, give me your two picks for the uh, Sunday championship games. Oh man, how can you not love the Detroit Lions right now? What a team! What yeah. a story! Dan Campbell, that whole organization, the leadership. I mean, I think most of the country is pulling for the Detroit Lions, uh, but the Ravens look pretty. I mean, in the in the, I mean, I'm, I'm predicting Ravens, Lions. Yeah, and I think and I think the Lions just have that. You know, they talk a lot about in the primary. Nikki Haley had momentum. Yep, yep. I don't think that's a real thing. I think the Detroit Lions had momentum. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you. Rory O'Neill, we've been talking about this, unlike some of your other affiliates, NBC News Radio National Correspondent, pretty much nonstop for 24 hours, the results. <laughs> Let me ask you, from afar in Florida, sure. we know the Governor DeSantis uh, out of the race on Sunday was probably watching. What was your take, Rory, with the perception of you, because we know what happened here very well. I want to know what you think of the Trump win. It ended up being about what I thought, 11, 11, 11 points, 12 points. What's the perception in Florida of Trump winning going on now, Nevada, South Carolina, and Nikki Haley trying to put the best spin on a second-place finish? It was really more among independents and Republican voters 
What's the take from Florida in your seat? Yeah, I think that uh, no one can see a path forward realistically for Nikki Haley. Um, you know, I, I think that uh, we, it was political speech last night, although, look, she looked good. The speech was tight. Uh, the, I think the whole thing was a great production, but uh, the message, I think, is really going to end up falling flat. I, I, I think Trump came across as being a bit more angry than we were all expecting um, and, and for some reason, you know, went into these more aggressive attacks against Haley when it's pretty clear she doesn't have a path forward in this. He, he wants her to drop out. Right. All right. And, and look, his speech, when he talks about, you know, losing but still claiming you won, I mean, I was just like gobsmacked uh, at, at the lack of self-realization there. All right, Rory O'Neill, NBC News Radio National Correspondent down in Florida. Thank you, Rory. Thanks, Jack. So, Vic, you and I have two different points of view on Nikki's path or yep. what happens next. And I'm going to just restate mine shortly because my voice is going, yours isn't. <laughs> um, I think the, the challenge she's going to have is her home state. And in a couple weeks, you're going to know if she has a feeling that if it's tightening there or not. If it's not tightening, and the difference there is it really is a Republican primary. Yep. I don't think as many independents will vote. You know, a little Trump's, more religious, too. Yep. Trump's, Trump's got Scott. He's got more of the people she needs from the state she wants governed. I think she knows that. I don't think you want to go into your home state in a presidential race and lose by double digits, because then I think it really I think is. That, I think it really is down. Yeah. Really done. Take no, it away. No. So, look, I, I, I'm i not disagreeing with you, Jack. I think there's a, you know, a full month between here and there. And as we know, in politics, a month is like years, decades. <laughs> so uh, we have a lot of time, a lot of uh, time on the clock, and, and we're not at the end of the game here. So I agree with you. She's going to need to make some progress, feel more comfortable. And frankly, I don't know anyone who's better to make that call than Nikki Haley. She knows that state. She's been successful in that state. She's gotten a ground operation in that state. My guess is she's going to figure this out and she'll make her decision. But the reason I said it's a little too early to call or start intimidating or trying to like force her out of this thing is she presents an alternative to Trump. And we know there's a lot of general election anxiety around Trump. And if Republicans really want to win, Nikki Haley has been polling well ahead of Trump against Biden. So she seems to be the stronger candidate for the general election. And as such, I don't know that we're ready to give up on her. I'm not. I'm not giving up on her in the sense that I'm still ready to to be a supporter and, and sort of stick around and watch. Uh, but I agree with you. She's going to have some hard choices in the next four weeks. Uh, but no one better to make that choice and make that decision than her. Um, you know, she's she's well-suited, and she knows that area. J-Dog, I think we might have uh, Phil Taub on to weigh in. He's calling in, or I wanted him to weigh in. He's just listening. Um, does yeah. Nikki Haley play a role in the Trump, you know, process of Trump is the nominee? That's a tougher one to understand, Jack. I uh, She's been reluctant to bluntly come out and criticize him as, as people thought she might. Uh, she definitely did not go nearly as far as Christie did. So, uh, but look, if we've got Phil Taub, Phil knows this stuff better than anyone I know. And Phil, so good morning. Uh, we're in a political analyst hat, not a veteran's <laughs> hat, not a lawyer hat. Take it away, Phil. Jack, I'm just calling in to help you with Vikram here. You know, Vikram's <laughs> a very smart guy. I wish I was as smart as him, but uh, he's just wrong about this right now. It's over. You know, in order for Nikki to really stay in this race, she had to win New Hampshire. 
Uh, she couldn't lose by 11 or 12 points to Trump. Even with all the independents voting, it just wasn't enough. It's not what Republicans want right now. And uh, she's not going to be able to win in South Carolina either. So it, it is pretty much over. Uh, you know, Victor, I, I know you'd like to believe that she's still in it. I think the more compelling conversation we should be having is how great would it be if Trump asked her to be VP and united the party and got everybody together and that really would set her up to be the next president after Trump. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that's a very, I mean, I think she's earned it. I think yep. she's shown that uh, she has a huge following yep. and we can trust her. And I think they'd make a great team. Phil, what do you think would happen in terms of the quote unquote supporters of Nikki today? If she went to join up with Trump, she'd lose a bunch of people, right? She would. I, look, I, you know, I live in Bedford, and I've never stood in such long lines in 30 years in Bedford as I did yesterday to vote. I think there were a fair number of people who were just voting against Trump, uh, who are independents, who voted for Democrats in the past. And so she'll lose some of that. But, yep. tr but Trump's also going to gain a lot of support as well yeah, uh, right. from the, the, soft, the soft supporters of Trump, right, that yep. voted for Nikki would go, would go along with that ticket. Yep. And there's also a huge anti-Biden sentiment, right? So that's going to stay unless you get someone other than Biden. So what, what do you think of that, Phil? What if there's no Biden in the mix? Well, I do think Biden's going to be in the race. There's too much power around Biden. You know, whether you're married to Biden or you work for Biden, you're in the White House, there's too much power to give up unless he gets really sick, which obviously we hope doesn't happen to him, but he has a health issue. Failing that, it's going to be Biden, Trump, and uh, you know, I'm hoping it's going to be Nikki Trump versus versus Biden, Harris, and I, I think Biden's in trouble. I think there are Democrats that, that have had enough and are going to vote for Republicans. Yeah, I'm not sure on the VP thing, but you never know. That's always a quirky one. You never know what the final you know indi you know reasons for the choice are behind the scenes. Yeah, well, Elise Stefanik's getting a lot of yeah. attention yeah. on this front. For sure, here, I mean, yeah. and she's bright. She's you know. Harvard grad, she handled herself, well, I thought, really at, well with the Harvard Although with president. Donald Trump, you never know. What they look at is who can help you win. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, mean how about Kennedy, Tim Scott? Does Tim Scott well, look like he's auditioning for that role? I asked Donald Absolutely. Trump yesterday morning on my interview with him, you know, before South Carolina, is Tim Scott on the short, short list? And he said, yes. Absolutely. Love him. Think he's great. And think of the message he could send into South Carolina and wrap it up. Yep. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's definitely true. And, and by the way, Phil, I, I I agree with you. The Nikki path is uh, is very narrow. I'm just not ready to say it's not uh, present, even if it's very, very, very narrow. And you're right. In a couple of weeks, if she bails because new, yeah. you know, uh, North Carolina doesn't look good, um, yeah, or South Carolina doesn't look good, then then I yeah, right. obviously agree with what so, you're saying. So just two quick other thoughts as we reflect on this. I will say to you that based on what I've seen. Nikki Haley outworked the rest of the field. She was here earlier. She put the time in. She, I, I didn't count them all up, but I'm sure she had more campaign events than anybody else, which is why she did better than DeSantis and Christie and a lot of the other folks at the end of the day. And I, I think the other, the other takeaway from this is that a lot of the national media got to see our Governor Sununu up front. And while he didn't deliver you know, a win for Nikki, he did help clear the field for her, but the media got to see him, and I think they were very impressed with him. So 
Oh, uh, I think Sununu won. You know, whatever he was trying to do, you know, this was a win for him. Yeah, but look, Phil. Also, let's be honest. He was out there yelling. He I've never all, seen him that animated. He was awesome. I, I was on the trail with him a couple of times. Spots. He is absolutely amazing, fabulous. And by the way, he did have huge impact. Nikki would yeah. not have been the last yeah, person standing without him. All right, Phil. Thanks a million, Phil Top. Thank right. you. Great analysis, Doctor Vic. Stand by. I'll come back. Alicia Presses Anthopoulos, Seacoast Online. Her take on everything from her villa on Hampton Beach. It's almost about as big as the place that Nick Saban just bought on Jupiter Island in Florida. Good morning, New Hampshire. Powered by Sig Sauer. Now, back to Jack Heath on the Pulse of New Hampshire. You know what they say, Alicia, after you do a lot of broadcasting, rest your voice. I haven't done that yet, so please help me out and give me the APX Seacoast Online take on yesterday and going forward. You know, I mean, Donald Trump won. Um, oh, there yeah. wasn't. I saw that. I mean, I saw that. It's, it's what happened. As a Nikki Haley supporter, I'm disappointed, but it would have been an earth-shattering shock for anything else to have happened. Uh, you know, my focus now is how people are behaving post-win. I personally thought Donald Trump's speech was vile. It was foul mouth. He's talking about what Nikki Haley's wearing, which is straight-up misogyny. And I'm not sure when you only get 55% of a Republican ballot vote, how you're going to win a general when you just alienate and go after people who supported someone else. It is such a, a, a simple uh, strategy, and it's not going to win. And for those of us who think Joe Biden is not a good president, uh, I'm not supporting Donald Trump, but you got to win a general election, and you don't do that by going after literally everybody except those who supported you. Yeah, and you mentioned some of the the blowback you got. Take that away. So I woke up this morning to 65 Facebook alerts, and I never get that, and I didn't say anything particularly interesting last night, so I looked. And I want to share this because I'm not special. That means this is happening to people across the state and across the country who supported someone other than Donald Trump. Someone created a fake profile called Alicia Preston is a worthless rhino. Okay, fine, that's fine. What's not fine is they went back nearly a year laughing at things I shared on Facebook. And I'm not talking political things. I'm talking pictures of my daughter cuddling with her dog. I'm talking her prom pictures, her graduation pictures, her dance recitals, she and I out to lunch. That is a direct attack to try and intimidate me to shut up because I wasn't on the right side. You don't go after someone's kids. And I'm talking about I'm just a voter who apparently was vocal enough to not support Donald Trump. And I got this one person trolling my family, pictures of me and my husband, on social media to remind me that they're out there as a warning shot. And they're doing this to people across the country to silence them. And it's not going to work. And it's shameful. Yeah, but you know what? I've known you. You, I, you know, DeSantis' line was never back down. I don't think you back down unless your dog comes back with too many broken shells from the beach. Well, that might make me. If my dog says, Mom, I'm getting a bad kibble because of these Trump people, I may reconsider. But other than that, no, I'm not going to back down. But how many people stay silent? And I don't blame them. How many people feel their family threatened? Look at all the people we know about because they're public figures whose families are threatened. And now these people are coming after just regular, what, I write a column for a newspaper. Woo, that's not going to make me a public figure. You're coming after regular voters who didn't get in line with Donald Trump. First of all, 
you're not going to win because you've lost me for life, and you've lost everyone else you're doing that to. Yeah. All right. What else, now APX? Now it's not Trump targeting. I don't know. It's going to be in the 40s tomorrow in January in New Hampshire, so that's well, kind listen, of Listen, let me, let me uh, stay with this for a minute. So you were a Nikki Haley supporter. Yes. Very nice. The governor enjoyed her a lot on the show. Her team, very genuine. I saw kind of this unfolding. It's not about me, but I think I had this on all the CNN interviews over the weekend. I said, your polls of 18 to 19 are high. Trump wins, but it feels like 11, 12 points, 11 points. That's what it was. Nikki Haley did well among independents, but not well enough, and not well enough among Republicans. So can hold her head high after last night. But, Alicia, I'm looking at Nevada. She's not all in there. And I'm really looking at South Carolina. She said to me yesterday on the show she's, you know, in it for the long haul regardless. But if it looks like she's not going to win her home state, I think she bows out in about a couple weeks before then. Am I right or wrong? I think if I think she might stay in through South Carolina. I don't know. Um, you know, if the numbers look really bad, she might bow out. What I hope she doesn't do is what Ron DeSantis did, and I have no problem with Ron DeSantis. Um, he was a relatively good governor in Florida, and he's relatively been a good, relatively, relatively good, good governor in Florida. He's been killing it. Well, I'm mad at him for something else, so I'm going to use my words carefully. <laughs> what I don't like is character matters to me. Character matters a lot to me, and you know. Donald Trump emasculated Ron DeSantis for months and months and months, minimized him, mocked him, called him names. His people went after Casey DeSantis, his wife and his family, saying hey, she's hey, Alicia, breast cancer. I'm not saying you should like yes. that, but don't you notice that's kind of a trend with Trump going back to before 2016? I do, but that's why I'm not criticizing Trump right now. I'm criticizing Ron DeSantis. Do you, do you realize? Hold on. Do you, out. do you realize in 2016 when people didn't even know if Trump was for real? On my show in the morning, Marco Rubio was surging and doing well, and and on my show he said, "Well, little Marco," and then he said, "Jack, do you notice live on my show? Do you notice he sweats a lot every time he's on? Doesn't he have any like makeup people or air conditioning around him? He's always sweating." He actually said that. <laughs> I missed that. Anyway, hey, we got to run. Final no, but my word. point is, I, I just want these people to have character. If someone spoke about me the way Donald Trump's people spoke about Casey, my husband would never go support that man. I think people have to start standing up. They're afraid of Trump. I'm not altogether sure why, but I'm disappointed that Ron DeSantis immediately came out after how he was treated. I think he needs more character. Well, I think, and that my point is, I you, hope. I hope uh, the problem I is he Alicia, do the, same. the problem is Alicia, he's a governor, he's a politician. As much as I like DeSantis and respect his service to our country and what he's done in Florida, he knows the game and he knows Trump's going to be the nominee. That's what it is. But anyway, I appreciate it. All you right, have buddy. a great day. Thanks, APX. Bye. Seacoast Online.